To stay in shape, you have to hit the pavement. You have to put in some hard work and sweat along the way. Many of the same principles apply when it comes to money. Let's whip that portfolio into shape. It's time for Financially Fit with Kyle Hammersmith. Back here for another edition of Financially Fit. Thanks for tuning into the podcast with Kyle Hammersmith and myself. This week, we're going to try to cover a couple of things. We've got a little quiz we're going to give out here in just a couple of minutes here. It's a fun little quiz, a retirement preparedness quiz, if you will, but also going to talk about variable annuities for just a minute. We just got through with the holiday Thanksgiving season. We are into early December here, and I don't know about you, Kyle. I don't know if you have a Thanksgiving traditional you know, food that you just don't care for. Uh, I cannot stand the the cranberries and the cranberry sauce and, and especially the canned stuff. Just it just comes out of the can. It's I don't know. So it's just nasty to me. And so I thought it'd be kind of a funny way to tie this into it and say, are the variable annuities kind of the cranberry sauce of the financial world? <laughs> Not quite as cool as the turkey or the stuffing or, or the mashed potatoes, that kind of thing. I don't know if it's a crazy analogy. Is there something you like or don't like at Thanksgiving? I would definitely say it's ham. <laughs> ham? You're not a ham guy. Okay. I'm not a ham guy. Okay. All right. Well, for I, some reason, how just... do you how do you feel about cranberry sauce? Are you are you pro or or con? <laughs> I'm definitely. I don't like fruit on desserts. Okay. So, <laughs> if you give me, uh, I guess besides cheesecake, that's about it. Right. Um, right. I keep my fruits away from my dessert. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, maybe it's Brussels sprouts or maybe it's the liver. I don't know. But you guys get the idea. Variable annuities, sometimes they definitely get lumped into this category of they are the worst, I guess, of their annuity cousins. So I just want to take a couple minutes because we've had some questions come in and things of that nature just to kind of talk on this for a few seconds here. Uh, why are variable annuities spoken about, I guess, with just general disdain uh, across the, the, the industry, Kyle? Well, I've referenced them as a weapon of mass destruction for retirement because of okay. the ones that I the ones that I have seen that people have. Now, not all variable annuities are you know fall under that category, but what I've seen brokers and advisors put people in that's kind of why I call them as you know really the most expensive way to invest for retirement because it's all the bells and whistles that are attached to it that kind of slow it down. I would say it's. It's actually, I, I think there's still the most popular annuity that are sold. And typically, you know, it's, it's by the captive brokers or advisors that work for, I just referenced in the last show, the bigger retail big box stores. And maybe that's, you know, they're, they have a couple of the variable annuities to choose from um, inside their wheelhouse. And they're going to put people in those for, you know, income riders. You know, they were really more important, um, I would say. Moving forward, I see the um, indexed annuities being probably the most popular among independent advisors um, just because of that, you know, that safety it does bring um, for the client. Right. But I would, you know, just in general, I do see uh, variable annuities as a solution, um, but not very popular if you're not using them correctly. Well, and a lot of times we do hear how they can be a bad fit. They definitely get a bad uh, reputation. And so every, and like any financial vehicle, you need to see, you know, what's the pros and cons and if it's right for you. How often do you have you come across people who don't even realize they have one? Is this is this more time. common? Really, all the time. Okay. All the, I do my classes, and you know, at the end, I give people the option to say, "Hey, you know, if some of this stuff is interesting to you, you know, do you come down and sit with us? I'll kind of explain our process." You know, there's going to be a hand, you know, handful of people, you know, that come to a few of the classes that you know want to sit down with Kyle, and I kind of go through their stuff, ask them what they have. 
Hey, I, you know, I have one of these and I think I have one of those annuities there that you talked about in the class. Mm -hmm. And then maybe even they don't know what they have. Um, and I explain to them what the word variable means versus I explain the three annuities. So I go, you know, you have a fixed annuity, which is similar to, you know, a CD at the bank, obviously the fixed annuity here is going to pay us a little bit more interest. It grows tax deferred, blah, blah, blah. Then you kind of have the index annuity, which is a little bit, you know, different. I'm not going to really explain to you what that is. And then the variable annuity is basically the complete opposite is, you know, you're, you're picking some mutual funds you're in the market and they're going to tie some bells and whistles on there for income riders and all this fancy, fancy, fancy stuff. But most people would think that they have a variable annuity. They don't know that they actually own it and how it works. Gotcha. Well, and I think a big question that people have in that conversation is, if I have one, is there a way to escape from it or are we stuck? We hear that quite often. It really comes down to how long you've been in the variable annuity because um, they're going to have surrender charges. So again, it might not be something that you have to uh, get out of right away. It, it could be a situation where it's in your best interest just to keep it and change the plan around that variable annuity to mm -hmm. kind of right. work together. Um, what it could be a solution where we're going to slowly get out of it so you don't have to take any major penalties or surrenders. Or maybe you've been in it long enough where you can kind of come out clean. And over that time, hopefully there, there wasn't too many fees and market downturns that you have to give up anything. So it really kind of just comes down to, you know, where you're at. I would just be skeptical. Um, you know, if you are getting out of the vari variable annuity, you know, like where is it going to be positioned to get it out of that? Gotcha. Okay. Well, folks, if, you, if you're not sure exactly what kind of annuity you might have or you know that you do have one or just unclear and what you might be paying in fees and all those things that come with it, give Kyle a call and have a conversation with him. 913-257-3991 is how you reach out to him. And do so before you try to you know go changing or altering things that could cause you other issues. Uh, just reach out to him and find out. 913-257-3991 or visit him at mocanfinancial.com. That's M-O-K-A-N financial.com. All right, so let's switch gears and do our quiz here. I've got a little retirement preparedness quiz. We'll just have a little fun with this. I'll ask the uh, question. I'll also give what I think as a non-financial professional, I'm a radio host and I talk uh, on podcasts all across the country. I have a fair knowledge, but I'll give the impression that I get from a grade standpoint for a lot of us, Kyle. And then you can tell me if I'm close on that and then what you see in your practice when it comes to this quiz. Uh, and so folks, play along with us. Give yourself a grade and see how you're doing. And you might find that it's probably pretty close to what we're going to talk about here. Question number one, do you know how much you have? Now think about this again from a retirement standpoint. Not a uh, I'm still working standpoint, but do you know how much you have set aside already for retirement? I'm going to give most of us, Kyle, a C or a C minus here. I think a lot of us have a general idea. Probably, you know, you could say what you have in savings. You could probably even say that you have a 401k or a couple of things. You might even get close on the amount in them. But I don't know that people really have a true grasp on what they truly have or don't have saved for retirement. Yeah, I would even take it one step further. I would actually give people a little bit more credit. I give them that oh, okay. B plus, but nice. You know, it's not so much what you have. It's you know, I break it down to how much do you have in each type of bucket. So like, how much money do you have in taxed later accounts, like your IRAs and four hundred one ks, which most people have done a very good job at. How much do you have in you know those tax favored accounts like HSAs and Roth and cash value life insurance, and then how much money do you have in um, tax now accounts like those brokerage accounts or real estate. And that's really going to determine, you know, you know, where, where you're at and how much do you really have versus how much does the government have of it? 
Okay. All right. So you're definitely on the uh, a little more forgiving side there than I was. So that's good to know. Uh, now this one, I think this one shocks people often when they when they come in and they start to do a, a, a spending plan or a budget plan or whatever it is that you want to call when you're working with an advisor and you're trying to figure out what's coming in and what's going out. So question two is, do you know how much you spend? I want to give most of us like a D here because I think people are wildly off in what they actually spend per month. Yeah, you could say the mortgage and the car payment and the generalities of the utilities, but I think people often get this way off the mark. Yeah, people are real either it's complete opposite spectrum. They're either they're either really dialed in and they know exactly <laughs> what they have what they're spending on a cash flow monthly basis or this thing complete they have no idea. Um I don't find any middle ground there. Um so I'd I'd give them a C. Um, okay. All right. Either they know or they have no idea and they just spend it as it comes in and <laughs> really look at kind of what their net paycheck is per, per month going into their bank account. And if they don't have any issues and they don't pay attention to it. When you're going through that, uh, you know, kind of a, a budget plan with folks and you're kind of creating parts of, and this is just one piece of getting a financial plan put together. Do you see that quite often where people start to really have to fill in all the cracks and they are surprised by that? You know, how much they, prior to COVID or whatever, how much they spend eating out and, you know, just all the nickel and dime stuff. For us, we're doing, you know, holistic financial planning. So we need to know, we don't need some, some guesstimate number. Right. Um, Yeah. Because what our type of planning, we're doing bucket planning. So we need to set aside you know, 10 years of retirement income in the ready bucket, we need to know like exactly how much needs to be in there. Mm -hmm. Because if we have too much or not enough, we're going to be, you know, in trouble. Right. Gotcha. Okay. So again, those, and those are two really key questions to your retirement preparedness folks is, do you know what you have and do you know how much you spend? Now these other, these next three are pretty important as well, but those two certainly uh, go a long, long way because without income and retirement, well, you're not really going to be able to stay retired now, are you? So Let's do number three here because Kyle's grading on a much nicer curve. He's one of those teachers that uh, you might want to have in school because he's given better grades than I've given, which is pretty funny. Uh, Do you know how much risk you have? All right, Kyle. So you've been going a little lighter on them than I have. I still feel like a lot of people probably are a good solid D or D minus in this. Do you know how much risk you have or exposed to? I don't think that most people really have a clue. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Uh, I see a lot of risk typically about double or triple the amount that they actually would need. Um, one is because maybe people are chasing returns. Maybe they're, fa- you know, they're falling in love with the markets going up and up and up. So they're going to invest more aggressively. Uh, but typically it's just because a lot of the stuff they owns, you know, invest in large cap, you know, right. more large funds than, you know, value, small cap, all that fun stuff. So I think target date funds get us into this kind of predicament too. Yeah, a lot of times, target date. I always say stay away from you know uh, the gliding path investments where the you know as time goes by they're going to shit you know they're going to sell you out of equities and put you in bonds because just think about this if if you were getting ready to retire in 2012 or whatever 2010 and or 2020 even worse um, you know let's say t- 2008 nine happened and you took a big hit and then over the next decade and you're slowly getting out of your equities and going to bonds while over that 10 year period, equities have all time record, you know, bull market returns. Um, so there's a reason why, you know, baby boomers were worried about, worried about running out of money because they were. And that's yeah. kind of one, one of the main reasons there. Yeah. And when you're thinking about it from that risk standpoint of do you how much risk you're exposed to, the reason I bring up target date funds is often we'll get in them and especially when we're working and we'll hear, well, I know they reduce my risk as I get closer to, 
retirement, so I should be good. And many folks don't realize just how little they do peel back. Uh, and they only go so but so far. So that's something else to learn more about and, and understand as well. So again, a lot of us just don't have a clue as to how much risk we are exposed to. So that's something you can definitely get taken care of. And the great part about this little quiz is all of this can be remedied by working with an advisor and getting these information pulled together and uh, getting a plan together that's going to help you not have to really worry about it too much. You know, set it. It's not really set it and forget it, but it's definitely, you know, some peace of mind to say, okay, I've got something in place. We'll do those checkups and we should be good to go. All right. Number four, do you know what you're paying in fees? I'm going to go right along with the risk on this and say another D, D minus. We'll often hear something like, yeah, I pay my guy or gal 1% and that think they think that's the extent of it. Yeah. I would even go worse F. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> no, I mean, this would be like within the funds, within the you know, retirement plan at work, you know, what's the actual overall cost of investing? What are you paying your advisor and broker? And, um, you know, what are you paying them to do? Is it transaction based? Is it, you know, overall fee based? Is it commission based? All that fun stuff's part of it. And I don't think people have an idea of what the overall cost is. And when you factor that all in, cheaper does not mean better. <laughs> and more expensive does not mean better. Yeah. You know, you really have to understand what are you paying for? Um, and then, you know, what's the overall cost of that? And what's the value you're getting for the pay for the fees that you are paying? Correct. Uh, you know, very often that's what it kind of equates down to is some people don't mind paying a little bit more if they are getting value uh, for what they're doing. And often, you know, that's, that's an annual where, you know, when you're going through reviews, you can say, this is what I'm paying. This is what it's, you know, kind of creating for me. So there's lots of ways to look at it, but often we just don't know. And we have no clue many times about all the little hidden and transaction fees that are inside things like mutual funds and uh, so on and so forth. So it's definitely worth having those conversations. All right. How are you doing on the quiz folks? Are you kind of right there along with us? Do you feel like you need to uh, maybe improve your score a bit? If so, give Kyle a call. Reach out to him. Go to mocanfinancial.com and check him out there. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, Financially Fit, as well on whatever uh, podcasting platform app you like to use. All right. The fifth one and final one here, Kyle, is kind of goes back to one and two for me. Do you know what your retirement income streams will look like? You have to know, I think, again, I'm going to go with a C here, maybe even a C plus, because often folks will say, well, yeah, I've got a 401k, I've got an IRA, I've got uh, Social Security, I know that's going to happen, I've got some money in savings, you know, and maybe I've got a pension. So I think they know kind of what they are, but not necessarily how to turn them on or how to properly activate them and use them. Yeah, the question is on the income streams, I always break it down to the order of money you know, what accounts, what amounts, how much, and from where are you going to be spending it on an ongoing basis? Not really properly allocating income planning. And then like what types of accounts to pull from, you could be just letting money slip through the cracks, whether it's, you know, not maximizing your social security, taking too much out of your IRAs and paying more social security tax, maybe from not delaying social security and spending your IRA first and doing Roth conversion, um, whether it's, you know, not, you know, maximizing your pension, um, whether it's you left all of your money in a diversified portfolio and you're pulling out 5% a year and you're taking your social security, you know, how do these income streams apply to you? And then, you know, how do you maximize that over your lifetime? And that's really the key on your income streams is it's not so much what you have, but it's what you get to keep. So how do you keep your income as high as possible and your tax as low as possible? 
All right, there you go, folks. So some great points to think about here on our retirement preparedness quiz. Again, if you need some help with your quiz, uh, improving those scores or just getting a retirement plan in place, again, reach out to Kyle at 913-257-3991. It's always advised to have a conversation with a qualified professional who does this all the time like Kyle does. He's an investment advisor representative at Mocan Financial. So call him at 913-257-3991. Or check him out online again at mocanfinancial.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can find all the information there at the website. Or you can simply search Financially Fit on whatever podcasting app you like to use. And many of those are already on our smartphones now, like Apple and Google, Android, so on and so forth. So, Kyle, my friend, thanks for your time as always. I appreciate it. I hope you have uh, a good week or two. And I'll see you shortly before Christmas. We'll do one more of these before the year winds down. All right. Take care. We'll see you next time here on Financially Fit with Kyle Hammersmith from Mocan Financial. Investment advisory services offered through Retirement Wealth Advisors, Inc., RWA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Mocan Financial and RWA are not affiliated. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or to predict future performance. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. This information is designed to provide general information on the subjects covered. It is not, however, intended to provide specific legal or tax advice and cannot be used to avoid tax penalties or to promote, market, or recommend any tax plan or arrangement. Please note that Mocan Financial and its affiliates do not give legal or tax advice. You are encouraged to consult your tax advisor or attorney.